I don't say these things just to say them when I say I believe God put on my heart that phrase, it's time to move forward. I do believe God specifically put that rose up in my heart, and I believe that he spoke that to me, and, and, and it stirred in me even more as I've been preparing it. I didn't even realize I was going to do a message on it. I didn't realize I was going to do a series on it when he first spoke that to me. But as, 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 as he as I spent time on this, I began to see yes. And the reason I, I wanna, I'm, gonna, I'm dwelling on this is to, to build this vision inside of you and for you to capture this. And for you to begin to say, yes, it's time to go forward. And you, you need to grab this with your own words and say, I'm, gonna, I'm moving forward. I'm getting into everything God's got for me. I, I, I'm, I'm not staying in a, in a stuck place anymore. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to step into everything. I'm going to step into the fullness of everything God's got for me. It's something you've got to begin to make that determination and, and get that vision. Amen? And uh, we've looked at a few situations of people who were stuck and, and then, then they were able to get out of it. Well, one I talked about a lot last week is the woman with the issue of blood. Before she encountered Jesus, she'd been stuck in that situation. Uh, but, 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 but something changed. And, and let me, you know, it wasn't just the fact that Jesus arrived that changed. It was the fact that her faith connected in to what God was, was, God, God was doing. And, uh, you know, another situation where they were in stalemate was David and Goliath. Before David arrived, they were in, 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 in a stalemate situation because Goliath had created that stalemate because the children of Israel kept, kept fleeing from him. You notice that something had to change. Something had to change. What had to change? Somebody who had, a, had, a, had faith had to arise, had, had to arrive. David wasn't there during the stalemate, but he came in and, and his faith caused, caused a breakthrough. Do you, do you realize that faith, faith can break through in areas when nothing else can get that breakthrough. Um, and, 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 you know, there are many people, there, do you realize there are many, many Christians that still do not know how to stand in faith for something? Many people think, you know, when we refer to faith, they just, they, they think in terms of the Christian faith. And they really have no comprehension about what Bible faith is. And so when you say to them, stand in faith, they go, oh, yes, yes, I'm standing in faith. And actually, half of them really don't comprehend what it means to stand in faith. Do you, do you realize that those of us who have heard good teaching of the word are privileged? I'm not saying privileged in the sense of better than, but I mean, it's an honor because we could be stuck in some places where we don't know about some things. But God has equipped us with understanding. But you know, the rest of the church needs to get a hold of this. They need to understand some things about faith. There, there's been a mass rejection at times of, of biblical teaching on faith. And people want to stick to their own ideas and their own definitions of faith because, because you know, some theologian taught something. I've had people come to me and say all kinds of strange things about faith. You know, And I look and I, th I think to myself, Where's, where's that even in the Bible? You just pulled that out of the air. There's no scripture for it whatsoever. Well, I think faith is this. I had one guy come to me and say, oh, you know, I think there's, there's four levels of faith. And okay, I, thought, I thought to myself, because he'd already said some strange things. I thought, okay, let's see what he's got to say about this one. And he came up with these four levels of faith. And, 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 and I just looked at him like, what? And because his highest level of faith was a faith that never got results, never produced a miracle, never did a single thing, and he classed his size, the highest form of faith. And I thought to myself, 
you know, I don't know what I got. I mean, I just, I, I, you throw your arms up and you think, how could people just pull things out of the air and invent stuff? I want to tell you something. Faith is not what some theologians said. Faith is not what we define it as. You know, if you want to understand Bible faith, you, where, where do you go? <laughs> the Bible. We got, we got one, you know, one good answer there. And, and we all know that you go to the Word. Faith is, from God's point of view, faith is what God says it is. And faith functions how God says it functions. If your idea, your definition of faith, your view of faith operates any differently to how he said, then it's not Bible faith. It's some other form of faith. It's a fake equivalent. You know, Paul said to, Paul said to Timothy, he referred to the genuine faith that is in you. Well, if there's something genuine, there's also fakes. And, and many people have a fake version of faith that they're trying to walk, and it's based upon their own idea, their own definitions of faith, because they don't understand Bible faith and what Bible faith is. You've got to come to the place where you make up your mind, faith is exactly what God said in His Word that it is. It's nothing more, it's nothing less, it's nothing different. It's what He says it is. And Jesus gave us some understanding about faith when he said, have faith in God, Mark 11. Anyone ever heard Mark 11, 22, 23? Jesus said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, Jesus there is giving you insight into God's idea of what faith is. Faith operates in the realm of believing and speaking. Speaking into situations, and, 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 and if your idea of faith doesn't involve speaking, then it's a misdefinition. Speaking what? He said, speak to that mountain. And then Jesus told, what, what did he say the mountain will do? Anyone remember? It'll be removed. You say the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt unto his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, what did he sayeth? I know that's not good English, but what did he sayeth? He said, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. That was the quotation. And Jesus said, you believe that you speak that what will happen? You will have what you will say. In other words, that mountain will go throw itself in the sea. That means that faith did something. It produced a miracle. It produced a result. It released power. And that mountain obeyed your faith. There, there are vast portions of the church that don't agree with that and don't believe that. But Jesus is our Lord, and that's what he told us faith is and what it'll do. So we've got, one of the reasons so many Christians and so many believers and so many churches are struggling is because they're still not aligning themselves with the Word. They've got their own definitions of things. You know, God's trying to get us aligned with His Word. We need, to, we need to realize faith is what Jesus said it is. Faith operates how Jesus said it'll operate. And faith will do what Jesus said it'll do. 
It's got to become a conviction in our hearts. And I know you guys do. I'm preaching to the converted. But, but this is so important because if we, don't, if we don't believe it the way he said it, but we have adjusted beliefs. Do you realize adjusted beliefs, changed beliefs, beliefs that have pulled off the word and have been formed by man's idea have no power in them? I won't produce any results. See, what happened with that woman with the issue of blood? Faith had to be involved in her healing. Now, what faith? If the Bible said her faith made her whole, and Jesus had already told us what faith does, should we think that her faith was somehow something completely different? Did she say, if I might touch but his garment, I shall be? Gee, that's her words. She, she's releasing words, didn't she? Someone says, well, I don't believe it like that. I just think she held a be belief in her heart. No, no, it's, you've got to go with what the Bible says. The Bible is revealing when a person of faith arrived or when faith rose up in her, what happened? It broke that stalemate and she was able to move forward. But Bible faith, not religious faith. What about David and Goliath? As long as there was no faith in that environment, they were in a stalemate. You know what, as I've been teaching this series, I've been getting people, people message me because we see the videos, you know? And I've been saying, I've had quite a few people say, you know, say to me, yeah, 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 the church, the, my church is stuck. The church, I'm not talking one or two people. I've had quite a few people say, yes, we can see it. A church, not just people, churches in this nation are stuck in a stalemate. They're not making an advancement. Why? Because it takes Bible faith to, 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 to advance and move forward. And if, if they don't know what Bible faith is and don't define it and don't have a clue what it is and reject it every time we try to present it to them, they're going to stay stuck in a stalemate. Many people think Bible faith is me crying, moaning, saying, God, oh God, why aren't you doing it? But God, I believe, why aren't you doing it? God, why aren't you doing it? I believe. That's not Bible faith. That's Bible unbelief. But they're calling that faith. But I am in faith that God's doing nothing and my mountain's not moving. Jesus said, speak to it and do what? Believe it's not moving? They said, believe it. Does what you tell it to do. So if you're speaking out, it's not moving, but I'm in faith. You ain't in Bible faith. Sorry to offend you. Three people just turned the video off right there. Because they didn't like that. They didn't like me saying that. They said, no, I think, I think me bawling and sprawling on the floor and moaning and crying and saying it's not working, it's not working, is me being in faith. No, it ain't. That's some religious doctrine that's indoctrinated people to believe that. And that ain't moving you forward. That ain't getting you a breakthrough. What's going to cause you? You've got to become convinced that the Word of God works when I do it the way the Bible says it. God's Word contains the power. The principles in the Word of God will, will do what God said. That's a good thing to remind yourself of. Last week I, I mentioned, I can't remember if it was during the message or afterwards, but I mentioned about meditating on the Word. That's one of the things I med I've been meditating on, on that all week. You know, I... 
I take the basic principles. All week I've been reminding myself, the Bible, God's word will do exactly what he said it'll do. When I take it, when I apply it, when I put it into practice, it will do. The word itself contains the power to release the, the, those things into my life. When I do it the way he said I do it, I've taken that, I've been med- revolving that round and round in my mind, telling myself that the, the, the word of God has the power to turn my life into a, 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 a like a flourishing tree planted by the rivers of water. When I meditate on the word, the word will do this to my life. That's what I've been meditating on all week. People say, how do you meditate on the word? I just showed you. You teach yourself and you talk yourself into the principles of the word. That's how you meditate on the word. Some people think meditating on the word means take a scripture and just repeat it to yourself 700 times. And then they wonder why they get nothing out of it. Okay? Sometimes you take that scripture, begin to talk yourself, teach yourself, remind yourself the principles of that scripture. The word of God will produce the results that God said they will produce. And I believe that when I take the word and I put it into practice, it'll do what God said it'll do. That, that right there is me meditating on a principle. And I remind myself, I, I, I think this and I talk it, and I'm, sometimes I'm muttering it under my breath. Someone turns to me and says, what did you say? You're talking to yourself. No, 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 don't you worry. Get on with the own thing. I'm meditating on the word. People think, oh, that nutcase. Well, we'll see who the nutcase is when 20 years from now you're still stuck in your situation because you, you, you don't believe the word and, and God's moving in my life in miraculous power because I want to tell you something. People who will take the word, do the word, apply the word, operate in the word the way God said it are people who walk in the miraculous and their mountains move. The enemy will do everything he can to get a Christian and churches to reject the word. I'm going to say something else that will offend people. So another three people might turn off the video. But I want to tell you something. You can pray, 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 pray. You can have 24-hour prayer meetings. You can have week-long prayer meetings. You can fast and pray for six months if you want to. If you don't have the word, those prayers are going to be ineffective. And you're wasting your time. I told you it's going to offend some people. Do you realize it's the word that makes prayer effective? If praying alone was all you needed, then why don't we just gather all the religions and we can all pray our way? No, 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 we ain't going to, by the way. (laughs) It's not praying the word. Praying word-based prayers. See, if the enemy can get you off the word, he will shift you out of faith. You'll be praying in unbelief. You'll be praying in doubt. A lot of people that that are having prayer meetings and crying out to the Lord, but they're praying in doubt. And they're just occupying themselves with activity that's not doing anything. People say, well, all you need to do is pray. No, you're wrong. That's not all you need to do. You need to pray and get in the Word and pray in line with the Word And because God is raising up a Word-based generation. And when we pray the Word, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What about when... Righteous people think they're unrighteous because they're under a sin consciousness because they've never been taught the word. 
And they think they're still under guilt and condemnation. So they're not praying like a righteous man. They, they may be righteous, but they're praying like an unrighteous man because they don't know the word. Their prayers won't be effective. If you want effective prayers, pray the prayers of a righteous man. Pray word-based prayers. So the enemy doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. The enemy doesn't care one bit if the church does lots of activity without the word. He can get us so sidetracked. The enemy will do everything he can to get a Christian and a church off the word of God. He's, even, he's using strategies in word Christians, people who've heard the word, and he sits on your shoulder and says, oh, but it does not working, it doesn't work. Anyone ever had that? Oh, yeah, the word doesn't work. You know what? You've got, to, you've got to start to meditate. Yes, it works. Yes, this works. If you've got to walk around all day saying, Father, I thank you, your word works. Your word works. Lord, I believe in the power of the word of God. I believe that your word is powerful and effective. I believe that your word will do exactly what you said it'll do. I believe when I take your word and I speak your word and I believe your word and I act on your word, it'll release power into my life and do what you, that, what I did there. That's meditating on the word, by the way. That's how you meditate on the word, what I just did there. Do that in your own room. You do that in your own house. You say, Father, I thank you. You can do it as a prayer, but speak out. Lord, your word works. The word of God works. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is effective. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Isaiah 55 says that the word is like the rain that, 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 went, that comes down from the heaven. Father God, I believe that. I believe your word is like the rain in my life. Your word releases the rain and it'll do exactly in my life what the rain does in the, on the ground. The word of God released into my life will cause my, it'll force my life into production and it'll cause, force my life into fruitfulness. That's how you meditate on the word, yeah? People say, how do you meditate on the word? Do you take a scripture and repeat it a thousand times? You can repeat it a few times to, to do it, but that, that's just memorization. Meditating on the word means taking the truths that are revealed in that scripture and, and reminding yourself of those truths and reminding and reminding and revolving that truth around, taking that truth. Lord God, your word, you said your word, Psalm 1. Though he who meditates in the word day and night will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And Lord, I thank you that's working in my life. I believe that. I believe that's true. And the enemy sits on your shoulder and says, ah, oh, but it's not working. You say, no, I don't believe that. I believe what he said. I believe that when I meditate on the word of God day and night, it'll cause my life to become like a tree planted by the rivers of water and I'll bring forth fruit in season. And whatever I do will prosper. Talk yourself into the word. The enemy's trying to talk you out of it because if he can shift you off the word, he can shift your faith and he can defeat you and he can keep you stuck in stalemate. Is this too much for everyone? Okay, all right, just checking. <laughs> See, the enemy wants a, a non-word-based church. He will do everything he can to talk the church and a believer out of the word of God. But as you do what I've just shown you, Something like I showed you that because people say, I don't know how to meditate on the word. Just do exactly what I just did. It's not parrot fashion. You meditating on the word is teaching yourself the word. You're doing the job of a teacher to yourself. You're talking yourself into the principles. Do it verbally, do it in your mind. Mutter it under your breath. It's not just 
an hour a day in your prayer closet. You can walk around while you're doing things. When you're doing stuff in the kitchen, you say, Father, your word is working in my life. I thank you for the power of your word working in my life. The Bible says, he who meditates in, the Lord, in his Lord day and night will be like a tree planted by the rivers. Well, day and night basically means all the time, yeah? My son, give attention to my word. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. We well, say, give attention. Keep them there. Keep it in your mouth. Someone says, oh, I don't believe you have to do all that meditating on the word. I just believe God will do it all. See, there's your problem. You believe in contrary to the word. God tells you to do it. Now, God doesn't tell you to do it because, you, because you're doing it to impress him. That's where people get it wrong. And well, I've I got to read my Bible because God will be upset with me if I don't read my Bible. No, 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 now you're in works. That doesn't mean don't read your Bible. You've got to do it with the, with the revelation of why you're doing it. God doesn't say, my son attends my word, Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. My son attends my word, incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For I'll be really impressed with you if you do. He doesn't say that, does he? And you'll be a good little Christian. I'll pat you, on the, pat you on the back and I'll give you lots of rewards. No, he says this. My son, attend to my words and climb your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And then now he tells you why to do it. For they are life to those who find them and health to all your flesh. They're, the revelation that the word is life will drive you into doing this. Then you're doing it in faith. You're not doing it out of legalism and obligation. You're doing it because you believe in the power of the results that it will produce. God told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there in day and night so that you can be a good little boy and I'll let you into heaven because I'm really impressed with you. No, he didn't say that. A lot of people think I must meditate on the word because if I don't, God's going to be upset with me. He doesn't say that anywhere. That's wrong thinking. That's the enemy doing that. They think, oh, the reason I've got to read my Bible is because God will slap me around if I don't. God knows the power of his word. And he knows the power of his word in your life. So he tells you, this is how you get the power working in your life. Meditate in it. Fill yourself with it. Not just to impress him. What does he tell Joshua? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there in day and night. Now listen. Uh, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in. Then he says this, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. He tells Joshua why it's good to get in the word. The motivation is because I believe that's what it's going to do to me. Not because I'm trying to impress God. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or sit in the seat of the scornful. Okay? And then it goes on. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And then his law he meditates day and night. Meditates day and night. And then it says, for God will then be really impressed with him and God will say, you're a good little Christian, you. No, it doesn't say that. People think, oh, I don't have to meditate on the word because God loves me even if I don't. Yes, he does, but the power of the word won't work for your life when you don't meditate in it. It's not because God's withholding it. It's because he's showing you that is how you get the power working. See, the enemies talked so many Christians out of the word. Oh, you don't have to do it. God will love you anyway. You're right. He will love you anyway. He'll love you all the way to hell. I'm not saying Christians, but he will love someone all the way to hell who, who, who doesn't do what he says to do. And he doesn't say receive Jesus to impress me. He says receive Jesus so you can have life. See what I'm saying? 
Of course, God will love you if you don't meditate on the word. He'll smile at you. He'll love you. He'll put his arms around you. He'll give you a big cuddle. But the power of the word that he says when you do meditate in the word that is released in your life won't get released. And it's not because God's withholding it. It's because he put the power in his word, and that's where he says it is. Does that make sense? You're doing it to impress him. So he said in Psalm 1, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now he tells you why to do it. And say to impress me, he says, for he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He said, this is what it will do for your life. As you put the word into your life, as you fill your life with the word, as you meditate on the word day and night, it will produce these results. That's got nothing to do with impressing God, is it? Now, when you begin to get a revelation and then you begin to see that is what the, the, the power that's released in my life, the word of God will transform my life into a flourishing, fruitful ground. That'll drive you to want to get in it more. Now, I'm not doing it to impress God. Now, I'm doing it because I believe the results that he says it'll produce. I'm doing it in faith. So, you can get one person meditate on the word day and night in faith, and it'll release power in their life. You can have another person meditate on the word day and night, and they're doing it because I must please God to do this, and they won't get anything out of it. And they'll soon quit. <laughs> So you've got to begin to say, I know the word of God will talk yourself into the word. You're not doing this to impress God. You're doing it to, why? Because this is what's going to move you forward. It's what we're talking about, moving forward. So I begin to meditate. I've talked myself into the word. I begin to say, Father God, your word is releasing the power into my life that, 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 that you said it'll do. Your word, you said your word is health to my body. And that means when I've spent time in it, when I saturate myself in your word, I, I apply faith to my actions of saturating in the word. And I believe, but by saturating on the word, it's releasing life and healing, life and healing into my body. You said he sent his word and healed them. That means I'm going to get your word, and I'm, I believe it's going to produce those results in my life. Your word will do for me what you said it'll do. See, the enemy will do anything he can to talk Christians out of the word. He'll tell you it's not working. He'll tell you, oh, it's all right. You don't have to, you don't have to meditate on the word. That was just some preacher. He's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But, you know, don't meditate on the word. What's he trying to do? Talk you out of it. Why? Because he knows the power of it. You know, the enemy is afraid. He is terrified of Christians who get established in the Word of God because there is nothing the devil can do to stop the Word. You realize that? He's got to stop the Word before its power is released in your life. And the only way he can do that is in your mind and in your belief system talking you out of it getting you out of it, pulling you out of it, convincing you don't do that in some way. He does that to churches. He doesn't mind all the church activity. He mind how many, how many billion programs and how many coffee mornings you got going and how many this, that, and the other. And how, how you can pray all night, all night. Oh, our church had an all-night prayer meeting. And then you come into that church and you say, God's word will bring life to you. Oh, I don't believe that. Your all-night prayer meeting is not producing results. There I go, offending people again. It gets you into all the activity. It's not about how many, how many Christians are praying. It's about how many Christians are working the word and praying together. 
That's where the power is. The enemy will do everything he can to keep you out of the word. Let's go to Joshua 1. I've already quoted it. Oh, sometimes you get up here and you just end up preaching completely different to what you intended to. But that's all right. What, what was it that, well, that, that caused the woman with the issue of blood to, to get her, her breakthrough? Well, yes, Jesus came, but she connected faith then. What, what caused the breakthrough with David and Goliath? Somebody who believed God arrived. And David did exactly Bible faith. He said, I, God will deliver me. I will knock him flat. God set me free from the lion and the bear, and I took that lion and bear down, and I'm going to knock Goliath down. He's speaking out of faith. That's Bible faith. Okay? Joshua 1. I want to tell you something. Any Christian who will take the word of God and put it in, and put it into practice in their lives like God said it. Now, now I'm not, when I say putting into practice the word, you know the first place to put the pra- into practice the word is what I've just told you right now, to meditate in it day and night. <laughs> so, well, I'm doing the word, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm doing that, but they won't meditate in it day and night. That's the starting point. By meditating in the Word, you are being a doer of the Word, aren't you? Because the Word says meditate in the Word. Now remember what I said. Not, you're not doing it to impress God. Why are you doing it? Because you have faith that it will produce the results that He promised it would produce. So I'm meditating on it because I believe that's going to benefit my situation. And the Word will do in my situation what He said it will do. So my meditating on the word is now from a perspective of, I believe God. Okay? But I'm going to read this in a minute. Um, Joshua. Now, do you realize the start of Joshua is Joshua taking over from Moses? How many of you would like to take over from Moses? I mean, it's bad enough taking after, you know, a, a decent leader or a good leader or someone who's achieved a bit. But you, this is taking over after, after somebody who split Red Seas for breakfast in the morning. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine having to fill his shoes? Now, not only that, he's not just taking over from Moses. Do you realize Joshua has a commission and a responsibility? What's his commission? What's his responsibility? Sorry? Taking them into the promised land. Well, let me, let, me, let me word it in a way that's relevant to the series to cause them to advance and go forward. Do you realize the children of Israel up until that point have been stuck? Where have they been stuck? In the wilderness. They were stuck for 40 years. They couldn't get out. They could not advance. So Joshua, this is a good place. If you want to learn about moving forward, that's why, that's why I'm coming to Joshua. If you want to start moving forward, Joshua is a good place to do it because his generation was a forward-moving generation. They advanced. They advanced. They advanced. They took ground. They took new ground. They took new ground. Yeah? So do you think there's anything in, in, the, in Joshua or in the advice God gave Joshua that will help you advance? Because his t- entire commission was to advance the people into something. That was his whole purpose as a leader, wasn't it? So if you want to learn to move forward, do you think you'll learn something out of Joshua? Oh, you better believe you will. Now, do you realize Josh, 
Joshua is not fighting, okay, in one sense, yes, the devil's always been around, but just put it in the context of the book. Joshua is fighting a real war here, okay? He's not just fighting in, in, his, in his prayer closet, the, the enemies. Do you realize they're about to go into real natural battles, yeah? These battles actually happened. These guys are going in with their spears and their swords and their shields, and they're going to go into a real war here, real fighting. Why is that relevant? Well, because, you know, if God's going to set Joshua down, you realize people could die because of what's about to happen. Not just the enemy, but some of the Israelites, they could die. And you might say, well, God protected them. Yes, you're jumping ahead of me. At the point they're about to go in, they realize people can die. This is a real battle they're going into. This is a natural situation. Anyone ever faced a natural situation? They face them every, way, every day, don't they? Do you realize if God's advice to Joshua about how to help him in a real natural situation, if it's good advice to Joshua, it's good advice to me. He's going to a real battle. What does God tell Joshua? Well, you could read, 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 read through it. I'm not going to read the whole place, but he, 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 verse 2 and 3, he says, you know, Moses is dead. Go, um, you're going to take over now. Go take the land. God gives him some promises. No man will be able to stand before you. I'll not leave you. Oh, I'll not forsake you. That's God's promises to him, isn't it? But now what does what God begin to say to Joshua? Only be strong and very courageous. He starts to give Joshua some, some, some advice, doesn't he? You face those situations with courage. You face those situations with strength. Where are you going to get the strength from, Joshua? He tells him in the next verse. I'll tell you where to get the strength from. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Now, right there, you, you, know, I, I, you know, if a lot of Christians were in a lot of churches were Joshua, they'd say, oh, Lord, 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 don't you realize I'm facing a real battle here? What's meditating? What's reading my Bible got to do with it? How's reading the Bible going to help you? Lord, do you realize we had to go to hospital last night? Wake up, Lord. I need a miracle. I need your power to show up, Lord. Forget the reading the Bible stuff. Let's pray the power down. God didn't tell Joshua to do it that way. Do you realize this is a very important situation going on here? They are facing powerful enemies that no army before them could ever flatten. They had, nobody had been successful at taking the city of Jericho. That was a fortress nobody could break through. What does God tell Joshua? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Let me ask you a question. Is that in, in any way going to help Joshua win battles? Is that advice in any way going to cause Joshua and the whole nation to move forward and advance? Or should we just, well, I don't believe it like that. My pastor didn't say it like that. And, you know, theologian so-and-so says, you don't need really to read the Bible. And this Bible teacher said, oh, all that meditating on the word, oh, you know, meditate, meditate. You don't have to meditate on the word. Any Bible teacher's telling you that. Stop listening to them. I, that's not in my notes. I had no intention of saying that. 
Don't let anybody talk you out of the word. Don't let anybody talk you out of spending time in the word. The enemy doesn't want Christians in the word. He'll even use Bible teachers to tell you you don't need to spend time meditating in the word. This is God's, what God speaks to Joshua. Meditate in the word day and night. Why? Is that going to do anything to help Joshua release power into that situation? Yeah. You've said, I need a real miracle and all you want me to do is go read my Bible. It's because you don't realize the power of the word. You need to remind yourself, talk yourself into how powerful the word is. Father God, that word that you've given me, this is meditating on the word again. Remember, I'm going to show you how to do it. Lord, that Bible that you've given me, that is your word. That word contains the same voice of God that spoke out in the darkness and said, let there be light and release power into this entire, entire natural world. Everything Every bit of matter, every bit of every living being on this planet responds to the word of God. <laughs> when I take that word and I build it in my life, what's it going to do to me? It's going to spark faith on the inside of me. And it's going to feed that faith. And it's going to feed that faith. As I do this day and night, it's going to feed that faith. And it's going to build. It's like going into the gym. And your spirit becomes a spiritual giant. You might be this puny little, narrow little, nerdy little thing. I don't know what Joshua looked like. Maybe he was a little nerdy little guy. But he had power and strength on the inside of him because the word put it there. And no enemy could stand before him all the days of his life. Why? What was the advice God gave Joshua? Did, did Joshua say, Joshua, you better fast that, that Jericho wall down? I'm not against fasting. I have a problem with fasting. Did God say to Joshua, oh, Joshua, take thou the people up into the mountain and pray and pray and pray for three months and have a long fast? Did the Lord say that to Joshua? I'm not against fasting. I'm not against praying. We pray. Do we pray? So I'm not preaching against praying. We pray, don't we? We pray every day. But is that what God told Joshua? It was a, oh, I don't really believe in reading the Bible. You know, I just believe once you're a Christian, you can just pray it all away. There you go. You're listening to the enemy again. Who do you think told you that? Who do you think is trying to talk Christians out of the Bible? Who do you think is trying to hold the church back in this nation by every time the word gets preached, the enemy attacks it and comes and launches something to stop that word taking root in this nation? And he has created strongholds of religious unbelief that keep pushing the word back down. Who's terrified of the word taking root in the United Kingdom? The devil. But I'm telling you something, it's going to. The word of God will prevail in this country. You've got to dig your heels in the ground. You're just we're going to keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. We're not backing down because God's word will do in this country what he said it's going to do. And I believe in the power of the word of God. And it'll do in your life what God said it's going to do. So God did not tell Joshua, go and hold fasting and, and premise. Again, please, I'm not against that. But if you do that apart from the word and you don't give the word that kind of time, you're not going to produce the results. But you start to give the word. Any believer, any believer who will take the word of God and build it into your life 
with, with absolute passion that it'll do exactly what it said. Do you realize if you really believe the word will do exactly what it says, you, you'll give yourself to it more. See, this will turn my life into a flourishing, flourishing tree by a river. Someone says, I don't have time because, to, to do this because, you know, I, I, I'm struggling and I'm toiling and I'm trying to get my life somewhere. Yeah, and you're going to struggle and toil for another 20 years trying to get your life somewhere because the word is what will cause the fruitfulness. We say, I don't have time for the word. Fine, spend the next 30 years getting nowhere. <laughs> Because only the Word of God has the power to change this. And the Word of God will release any person, any Christian, any believer, any church that will saturate in the Word and will give the Word the place and will believe that the Word will do what it will do. will step into the miraculous. Miraculous power will be released in their lives. Because so, Someone says, oh, but I don't believe that. God said that's what it will do. Amen. And yeah, this kind of message, you just got to kind of end because it doesn't really have an ending point because I could just preach another hour. But, but, but I hope this has stirred you up. And I really hope this has stirred you up. The power of the Word of God. That's why, that's why we, 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 we build on the Word and we're going to be a Word-based church. We are a Word-based church. That's why we teach. You see, the enemy, I've, I've heard Christians say to me, oh, you know, we don't like teaching. It's dry. It's boring. There you go. Who are you listening to? Do you honestly think God, the Holy Spirit, is the one telling your mind that teaching's boring? First of all, if teaching's boring, you're listening to the wrong teaching. <laughs> listening to the wrong teaching. The Word of God contains life, it contains power. But who do you think is trying to tell Christians, oh, we don't need teaching in our church. We just need more prophecy and prayer. Just get rid of the word. We don't need the word. Who do you think is telling the, the Christians that? Problem is we keep believing that. And you're not believing what God said. God said, you take my word. My word is like a seed planted in the ground when, and, 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 and it'll become bigger than any other. Amen. Like I said, you just, somewhere you just got to quit on a message like this because then just keep going. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of your word. Father, I thank you that your word has the power to cause me to go forward. Your word has the power and your word will do for me. Your word will do for us. Your word will do exactly what you said it'll do. And I believe that. I'm convinced of that. I'm not going to be talked out of it. None of this, I tried that and it didn't work. You said... You said in your word that when you meditate on the word day and night, it'll make your life like a tree planted by the rivers. So I believe that is what the word will do. You said in your word, meditate on the word and it'll make your way prosperous and successful. So I believe that is what your word will do in my life. You said in your word, the word is like rain coming down that waters the earth and makes the earth produce and bring forth and bud. So I believe that's what your word will do to me. As I sow it into my life, that's what your word will do. So Father God, I thank you for the power of your word and I thank you that the word will cause us to advance. That's why you said to Joshua, give the word first place because the word is what was going to take them into that land when nothing else could. And I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that your word is alive and powerful and your word produces results. And we give you the glory and honor for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord.